0: Good morning. Welcome to a uh, live episode of the NoLcast here at six forty-five on Thanksgiving morning. Because we've uh, we've long been absolutely sure of ourselves that this is an underdeveloped uh, window of time. A lot of a lot of people are just wildly interested in what's going on. Uh, Exploiting so, these market inefficiencies, uh, man. Yeah, this is just a little uh, Thanksgiving early Thanksgiving. Conversation between Bud and myself is always made possible by the great sponsors that we have, Louisiana Hot Sauce, Tarpon Sellers Wine Company. Uh, as we are fond of saying, TarponCellars.com, coupon code NOLCAST, 20% off uh, of all their fantastic selections. So, Bud, we got a UF preview, talk a little bit of recruiting. This will be a, a shorty, but uh, fun to do as always, and uh, let's jump right into it.
1: No doubt, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to our audience as well. Really appreciate you guys, obviously, in, in our our tenth year. Um, just very appreciative we're, we're able to do this thing, and and for all of your support. So let's go. Uh, by the way, right now our viewer count is two. We have two viewers. So shout two out more
0: than I thought we'd have.
1: Shout out to the viewers. That this this goes out to everybody who is prepping a turkey or a prime rib or. Whatever you guys are doing, let us know in the comments. Give us that thumbs up. Obviously, we don't think this thing is going to do big live numbers, but uh, hell, why not? If you're getting up to join us on a Thanksgiving Thursday morning, uh, we will do it live for you. Quick little recruiting nuggets to get out of the way, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Probably good. All right. Recruiting first.
1: Since the last time we chatted, uh, Julian Armella, the four-star offensive tackle, uh, good player. Maybe not quite as good as what Rivals has them ranked, uh, but you know we'll we'll see how that continues to evolve. A uh, couple of people here are procrastinating on their turkey trot run. So. And
0: we have a, another listener who says it's perfect time for him in Japan. So there that we go. Is, uh, quite the international reach. Fantastic. I'm guessing a
1: couple couple of our our, uh, our overseas military members are probably watching as well. We all, always special shout out to those guys that we we check our analytics and those. Those folks make up a larger percentage than we realize each time. Um, And that's got to be tough to be away from your family. So really appreciate that, y'all. So Julian Armella, four-star offensive tackle, St. Thomas Aquinas, now still be committing uh, soon. I don't think he dropped an actual date on that, right? Uh, But soon. So he has taken officials to LSU and Bama. He has not taken an official to FSU yet. However, there's a lot of program connections there, obviously. And... As far as I know, I don't think he's a take at Alabama, LSU and Florida. The other two in his top four are not exactly uh, like they don't have coaches right now. And and it, it, neither of them have offensive line coaches who are obvious uh, potential candidates to be holdovers. So I would think those two staffs there would be pretty, uh, pretty new. Meanwhile, at the shoe is Alice Atkins as an offensive line coach who is also one of their very best recruiters and. The offensive line has shown, I would say, uh, some real progress this year when it is somewhat healthy, which is an encouraging sign. I've had my crystal ball on Armella since uh, January 2nd of 2019. So it's going to be about three years uh, of crystal ball to FSU, and I'm not going to be changing that. That's my opinion.
0: I uh, admire your consistency there. It's uh, been a very interesting commitment or recruitment. Uh, we've talked a lot about both the talent that Armella is and also, you know, when you make up a list of schools uh, that you have an interest in, and it's the, you know, the absolute four or five best programs in the country, it's always curious as to if the space is going to be there, when the space is going to be there, um, and I say that it's almost like a backhanded compliment to Florida State, if they if they get this kid's signature, it will be because of the things that you talked about, it'll be the relationship Uh, the consistency in which he's been there recruiting him. Obviously, as a lot of our listeners will know, his father was an accomplished player in his own right in the early 90s for Bowden and Florida State, and so there's a a nice tie to lean back to there. Um, But, you know, is he the fifth best player in the country? No, I don't think he is, Uh, and we've been pretty consistent in saying that. Would he be a really big pickup and a a significant – you know, a significant statement uh, as far as Florida State getting a kid like that. Uh, yeah, it would be a it would be a big-time uh, pickup, both in the sense of um, the the player itself and also uh, the perception that Florida State's back in the game of signing, you know, one of the 10 better offensive tackles in the class. So,
1: so two things here. Number one, completely agree with you on – well, I guess three things. I, I agree with exactly what you just said. Number two, how long have we been talking about this recruiting class where we said – You are going to have to find the sweet spot for guys who, if they wanted to jump in the boat early, could probably play at an Alabama, right? But if they take their recruitments too long, some of those schools, Alabama, Georgia, schools like that are going to fill up. And you, Florida State, are going to be the beneficiary. You have to find those kids in this class because you are unlikely to be able to compete head-to-head unless you have some kind of really special relationship uh, with the kid. You're unlikely to go head-to-head and win too many battles against a Georgia or an Alabama or a Clemson. This fits that example perfectly. I think if Armella had wanted to you know, go to Alabama earlier in the year, he might be in that class. And that's a hell of an offensive line class that they're, they're putting together. There are numerous examples of this. Now, FSU has been hurt by the NCAA uh, saying, hey, if you want to take 25 high schoolers, you can go ahead and take up to seven additional transfers one for each transfer who leaves the program. FSU's plan was going to work a little bit better before the NCAA dropped that. But it can still work. And I think it, it is continuing, you know, to work. Do you still have Alouba if the NCAA doesn't drop that rule? Maybe. But he also lost that weight and looked really good, you know, so a little bit too early. If you're FSU, I, 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 you, you may wish that a kid at Thanksgiving in March and uh, and, and didn't didn't drop those LBs. The other thing is like, unless you're recruiting at the super elite level, and I'm talking about literally like just, you know, the Ohio state, Bama, Georgia, this year, A and M normal years, LSU level. You are really playing an odds game uh, with your offensive linemen. You take numbers, you take bodies, you hope to develop them. Some are going to develop. Some are not. L- look at Lloyd Willis. Do I expect Lloyd Willis? To be a starter next year, not really. I don't. I checked in with somebody within the program, and, and they said, "Look, he could be a starter for us in 23 if he continues to develop." This is a developmental position. It is a multi-year uh, rebuild project, and you know I, I think that is that is really important to keep in mind. I don't think armella is going to start next year, but you you're going to take good number of high school offensive linemen this year. Some of them will bust. Some of them, most likely, although it feels like you've been cursed you know, the last four or five years, will will not bust. Some of them will, will become solid players. Some of them will become good contributors. So uh, that's kind of where I am with this thing, right? They, you, you throw numbers at the problem. You target kids. You can actually sign. But you want to challenge yourself, too. I mean, you, you, you want kids who other people want. And I think that they are are generally, you know, doing that here. A uh, couple of other other recruiting notes. Obviously, Besaint was back at Miami over the weekend. Again, I don't think my, Manny Diaz is going to be the coach of Miami next year. I'm not reporting that. I'm just kind of trying to read the tea leaves there. I mean, you. you uh, I know one of the sites released that report about Manny Diaz is going to be the coach of Miami unless the AD new AD decides that he's not. Yeah, of course, right? Like they're not gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. My my kid's gonna have an eleven o'clock bedtime until I until I say he's not, you know. Uh, although grandma and grandpa are in town, so cookies for breakfast is of course an option. I would say Everything's uh, on the table. Absolutely. Yeah, every, everything is absolutely on the table. So he's not going to Florida this weekend, as far as I know. All right. That's probably a good sign for FSU. I don't think he's going to sign with the Florida staff. That that's, I don't think they're going to have any holdovers from this Florida staff. You know? So. Actually, Kelly's not going to Auburn this weekend. Don't be surprised, by the way. I'll drop this. I think this is relevant for a couple kids. Tay Woody and also, well, mostly Tay Woody right now. I do not think that Auburn... Would hold like a Washington or an Arizona State feet to the fire on Brian Harson's buyout if 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 those schools came calling. That's crazy. I I, crazy that
0: we're talking about a one year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, technically less than a one year, but uh, that's. uh, I guess that's where we are. (laughs) I was trying to
1: bet some of my guys on cover three. I was like, hey, what what kind of odds do you want that Harson makes it to year three? And none of them would even entertain the idea. The question for them is like, is he gone after this? After one year? Or is he gone after two? Because Auburn's going to get a new AD over, over the summer, I think. And the people... That AD kind of seized power and hired that dude while you had warring factions of boosters on two sides of an issue. And he kind of... It's like, oh, this guy's competent. Let's hire him. None of those dudes wanted him. So, yeah. Anyway, that could impact your recruiting competing
0: there. factions at Auburn. Hard, hard to even come up with in the mind. So, yeah. Uh, Kevin Coleman's another prospect that we've talked about for a long time. A guy that is kind of, in our opinion, at least, dictating what the wide receiver board looks like and what they do at that position. Uh, feel like this is uh, has been firmly kind of Florida State's race to win until maybe about three weeks a month ago or so. Um, not saying that he's quote unquote slipped away, but getting him back on campus would be a pretty significant thing that they need to do. And you know, if nothing else. I'm, I'm real fond in life, as you've heard me say many times, Bud, that sometimes the second-best answer to yes is no. Um, and if the wide receiver position is being dictated by what you're doing with an individual prospect, as it is in our belief when it comes to Coleman, uh, you know, hopefully you can get some clarity as to whether or not you're going to be able to get him back on campus or whether or not you need to explore some of these A or B options that you have uh, on your board right now.
1: I agree, The getting him back on campus I, I think w- would be big if they can manage to do that. Uh, they also the, – the in-home visit will be really big for four-star receiver Kevin Coleman out of Missouri. Look, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think he's a pretty good example of a kid who an 0-4 start did hurt your momentum quite a bit. You know, I mean, it, it losses have consequences, and the order in which they come matters. I guarantee you the staff would have rather started 6-0 and and then finished 0-6. I know that sounds crazy. I know that means you lose to both your rivals. It'd be easier to spin that, even though like it looks like you're improving now. It'd be easier to spin that on the recruiting trail as, hey, man, you saw how we looked to start the year. We had a bunch of guys hurt. We've been recruiting you with the prospect or with with the whole pitch that we don't have any depth right now, and you have the ability to come in and play early. We got a couple injuries. We saw that depth exposed. Uh,
0: yeah losses yeah. have consequences and kids go through the go through the process you know if that's it that's a kid that if you could have put a nl or a uh yeah a, a national letter of intent in front of the morning after the notre dame game probably would have gotten a signature uh it's just yep. times where you you're in front for kids and you know when you're recruiting a, a very high slash four star or, or very high four slash five star wide receiver um that can get tricky. Interesting. So I'm having hey, some volume. Hey, you're uh,
1: yeah. Do you turn up your gain?
0: Yeah. Honestly, I took it back to the medium level because on the previous podcast we had a little bit, a little bit too much Ingram. Um. So yeah, just let us know what it sounds like on y'all's end, and we'll do our best to try to get this right.
1: Okay. Um. Hmm. I'm I'm hearing you. Okay. That's that's kind of funky. There is the option uh, in stream uh, to. Tell you what, I'm, I'm gonna
0: try this real fast. All right, uh, talk now. Yeah, so for all the people, Shannon, the people in the comments section, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of feedback on what my volume sounds like. This is uh... <laughs> we I've only been doing this for ten years. So this is uh, embarrassing to to crowdsource, kind of but uh, let me know how it sounds on y'all's end.
1: I I, I just I just killed the uh, auto. Uh mic adjust that that StreamYard puts on there. So Okay. Sounds good now. Cool.
0: work All right.
1: All right. Maybe I'm just talking louder today too. That is that is possible. I I had the uh had the double double coffee this morning. I'm got the uh got the grill getting up to temp. Gonna gonna put the, the prime rib roast on uh on my patio back there at my house that I financed through the legendary team Awesome conversation with Shannon on what Monday night. Just great results there with, the, with those guys. I think we're closing in on 250 loans through NOLCAST loans. 844-FSU-LOAN for the Legendary Home Loan Team. 844-FSU-LOAN. Very thankful for our relationship with those guys. As I know, a number of listeners are as well. And shout out you know, to all of y'all who have great closings and great experiences with them. And many more to come this year uh, inventory man like if you got to be able to move fast got, got, got to be able to be quick strike in this kind of market and then those guys really bust their butts to help you do just that so speaking of quick strike got a little game this weekend maybe a little quick strikes going on down there in Gainesville it could be interesting man yeah, we'll
0: have to see So uh
1: that was not the I'm best transition big game but. this weekend Yeah, Uh, The battle for the bowl, Uh, the the eligible, I guess? Saturday
0: at noon, final game of the year, at least final regular season game of the year. Both teams looking to get bowl eligible, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I will pat myself on the back ever so quickly in saying that I have long been skeptical as to the direction of the UF program. If you want to go back and listen to our Wins Projection podcast, uh, I went out of my way to draw up a situation that is somewhat similar to what has played out. So I had a couple of people point that out to me and remind me, uh, which is always nice, never someone who lacks confidence, but good to get stuff right uh, from time to time. And I believe that's somewhere around the 38th minute mark of our win projection pod. So it has turned into a bit of a mess down there, bud. And uh, you've had three coaches fired uh, over the course of two weeks, the offensive line coach, defense coordinator, and then um, obviously – Dan Mullen and company parted ways earlier in the week uh a real hard game to preview because you just don't know what the other side will look like yeah you know you I don't know that there's some kind of galvanizing uh you know temporary guy that's going to be put in place and and grab a lot of effort and focus from these guys but uh sometimes when you have some turnover and you can have the uh you know kind of the shiny carrot to focus on which is a rivalry game you can get a good performance out of a team that's otherwise been struggling over the last three or four weeks um it's it's going to be a fun game going to be an interesting game it's a pretty hard challenging game to project at least from my opinion
1: yeah I, i i agree with that um so because we can't really know uh, how how hard Florida is going to play, or or what they're going to do necessarily? Although I have some hunches, which I'll talk about in a second. Let's just go ahead and preview this like like, like we normally do. Line is uh, Florida minus two and a half. By the way, we got a couple cu- couple questions on this. For the last time, this game did not open at ten. Okay, I know you guys have sent me stuff about this and sent me some tweets and whatnot. No, it did not. Trust me. I do an entire live gambling show. Literally, as soon as the lines come out. I'm live betting on air. Got other people moving stuff for me in, in legal states. If that, if that was a 10, which it was not, I would be having a whole lot of Florida State plus 10 in my pocket right now. It was not. What happened was some of these sites, like a Vegas Insider, who are aggregators of lines from different books out there, they pulled a line on Friday and very early Saturday morning, which is called a look-ahead line, which is what some of these books will float out there—a a line you can bet on some of the rivalry games in Week 12. Right? They'll 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 post a little bit early on Friday and Saturday at very low limits. It's basically to get picked up by media to talk about it and free, and you get free advertising off it. It's not like you can go and bet 10 or 20k on on, on this kind of thing. It's not a real line. Anyway, they don't leave these lines up during games, because what happens if Jordan Travis went down against Boston college? Well, then I probably would bet UF 10, you know, Uh, that was not a real line. This thing opened, I believe at two, two and a half. Uh, Anyway, like there, no, it did not move eight points. The, the, the first book to open lines is circa. It opened it at two. Then it went to minus one. Then it went to pick. Then it went back to two. Then it went one and a half, one, one and a half, two, briefly yesterday, uh, three for a couple minutes, and then back down to two and a half. That's your line history. Uh lines, yeah. Anyway, that that's just not that's not factual at all. Uh the Dan Mullen News was was out before any real lines were posted on this. Um, if you happen to have a bookie who pulls lines from Vegas Insider, congrats. Uh I don't know how in the hell you're you're with that person for very long if that's the case because you should be absolutely murdering them uh so yeah but maybe one of your locals pull stuff from that that's how that works uh i just wanted to kind of clarify that for y'all I, I i know keston asked about it yesterday and i was like man keston's pretty sharp if he thinks this is the thing you know anyway let's go ahead and go here uh to win Florida has the ball. kind of want to start with FSU's defense. FSU's defense has been playing pretty damn well recently. They're up to 44th in SP+. Florida's offense, uh, 14th in SP+. So that's their season-long rating. Over the course of the season, one of the best offenses that FSU will have played. Uh, However, I think it is worth noting that they have not played quite as well uh, in recent weeks. Now, their performance against Georgia... In the first half, they, they moved the ball about as well as anybody does on Georgia. However, they also had some ridiculous turnovers, uh, and that was problematic uh, for them. They had kind of a flu game. I think it's safe to say. like I don't really believe South Carolina is 23 points better than them, but they also didn't show up for that game. So it's tough for me to parse out how much of that was the flu. Like We know that's a real thing. See also – FSU against NC State. That wasn't all McKenzie. I mean, you know, that that, that thing could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, They seemingly don't play hard at all against Sanford after they fired the defensive coordinator, but they did put up 70. So it's Sanford. Um, And then last week at Missouri, 23-24. I think that's a bit of an improving Missouri defense. Uh, I've been kind of on Missouri recently because of of what their defensive line did against Georgia. But still, like, this offense has not looked good really since the LSU game, you know? I mean, they they put up 42 on LSU in in Baton Rouge, then they have a bye week, and then the last couple weeks, really not that great. Uh, What do they do well? So they run the ball a whole lot. They run it with some level of efficiency. Uh, they are a heavy screen and draw team on third downs. Their drop back game is not that good. Quarterback Emory Jones apparently rolled his ankle at practice on Monday, got reported, and then the Athletic yesterday reported that he would be back for the game. We'll see. Uh, Richardson, who I think is more talented, but maybe not more ready than Jones, is likely to start the game. Florida's like pass efficiency numbers are actually really high this year, which is interesting. They just don't throw it all that much um so they're eighth in passing success rate uh, ninth in passing efficiency 37th in passing explosiveness i think that's in large part because people are worried about the run game and so they do end up giving up you know some some passes obviously uh they they have some interesting stuff obviously uh teams play them zone a ton which makes sense because they have some really mobile quarterbacks who can really run it. They're actually 96th in percentage of man coverage played against. So defenses typically are trying to play zone against these guys. You know, uh, FSU is not particularly a great zone team. Although they, they do play some decent quarters coverage at times, which I think is, is probably, probably fine for this one. Uh, Florida's offensive line is decent. It's not great. Uh, they're, they're actually number one in the nation in passing down success rate allowed. So that'll be a test. They don't allow a whole lot of sacks on passing downs. Now, I think part of that too is like they they are a heavy screen draw team on third down. Receiver wise, I, I don't think you need to be super scared of these guys, you know. Um Jacob Copeland has been a good target for them. Ten point three yards a target. That's that's really good. Uh, drop percentage two percent so not not amazing but not terrible yards per catch 16 after that though I mean Xavier Henderson's got some wheels Justin Shorter is kind of what we thought he was when they took him for Penn State as like a guy that just doesn't catch the ball uh consistently and doesn't like he's physically really good straight line but but side to side and agility wise doesn't have it um they definitely do not have the same level of guys on the outside that they had last year
0: so <clears throat> let me ask you a question that's uh, not something that we do a ton on here which is getting hypotheticals but we know from um people that we've known for a little while that earlier in the year the head coach was conveying to people in, in confidence that anthony richardson was far and away the future uh at the position and and ultimately the best quarterback uh at least in his opinion on that roster what do things look like for this team if mullen realizes that last year isn't necessarily the the giant step forward and ability to compete with georgia and, and maybe win the east and just focuses on developing richardson and and turning uh you know, if that kid ultimately ends up into what his final product can be, that 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 guy will be one of the better quarterbacks out there. I mean, wildly immensely talented, a perfect fit for what Mullen wants to do with his scheme and system. Uh, this, will for me, will long time stand out in my mind as to a coach who probably got a little bit too cute in trying to uh, play one quarterback with the idea that the guy behind him was ultimately the future. Whatever that was um i just will you know this will from from game 1 in in my opinion and at least according to those who were talking to Mullen directly uh it was opinion that Richardson was the future the better prospect and ultimately the guy who he wanted to be as quarterback that has uh has ultimately been kind of a mismanaged mess and directly led to him not being the head coach anymore uh, just curious on your thoughts on what it looks like if this is more developmental year for Florida, and what they would look like at this process if they had 15 as as QB one from the get go.
1: They they probably don't lose to South Carolina, right? Although he, I I know it is interesting. Like he, he got banged up, uh, and then Mullen said he hurt himself in the hotel dancing uh, for South Carolina, which I don't I still don't know if that was serious or if that was a, like Mullen trying to be cute in the press conference. Uh, I think they would probably be better if they had given the kid more reps, uh, assuming that he, he could handle it. You know, he's athletically he's pretty freaky, man. Uh, Decision making wise, obviously five touchdowns, five picks, so he will throw you some cookies for sure um, early in his career. But to be that big and that twitchy and to have that kind of arm is pretty impressive, and not in like a Joe Milton type way, you know. Like like there's a path you 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 can see it. The guy was pretty productive at the high school level. I I think they could be a whole lot better for sure. I I think there's some interesting challenges for this defense, right? Um, You need Jermaine and Keir Thomas to continue to play as well as they've played. This is probably not a pure pass rush game for you. uh, So that's important, right? Like you're going to have to really play the run, the run well, but I will say like Florida state's defense this year, Run the ball all you want, man. That's great. Like what 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 is FSU still still not ranked very highly in? Explosive pass play prevention. Even after the last two weeks, they are still 90th in the country in explosive pass play rate allowed. That's like the real weak spot of this defense is the the, the home run ball. You need to play the run well here, and you've played the run pretty well all season, in my opinion. Um with Lovett looking healthy and Coop and Kier Thomas and Jermaine Johnson. This is a game where I, I think, I think Lundy could play a big role as well, right? We don't love Lundy in pass coverage. Everybody with eyes would agree with that. I would think Deloach has played pretty damn well. Uh, Florida is not really a precision passing team, especially over the middle of the field. And that is sometimes where FSU gets hurt. So I do think, there there's some interesting things here number 1 uh fsu would probably rather play man if it could but you know they're they're not you don't really want to play man a ton i don't think right against against this squad their zone defense has been getting better in recent weeks i will note so fsu is still uh top 25 in percentages of defensive snaps played in man which, yeah, no duh. Like, this is a pretty good man defensive team. Uh, I think that some of these matchups do favor FSU here. Florida is a team that would rather run the ball, I think. It's also important to note that head coach, uh, new head coach, interim head coach, Stan Drayton, uh, not Stan Drayton, good Lord, Greg Knox, is the running backs coach. Typically, when, when that guy takes over the head coach, you, you want to favor your position. So, it wouldn't shock me if Florida really tries to pound the ball here. That that's kind of where I see this thing going. I do think you can limit this Florida offense. Uh, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll at least start the game playing hard. I don't think they're going to lay down from snap one. Uh, guys have film to put on tape to go to the NFL. Guys have film to put on tape to impress the coaching staff, and guys have film to put on to impress the transfer portal potentially. So, I think they'll come out playing hard. You have to be be as physical as you were to start the game against Boston College. Hopefully, the refs don't screw you like they did against Boston College. Ultimately, got the win anyway. You have to play really good run defense, and I, I think they can come out here and do it. I, I think the, the defense can put up an effort that is winnable against this offense. The other side of the ball, I have a little more questions actually, which is kind of weird. So it, it, let's uh, let's talk a little congruity, and then we'll, we'll hit that one.
0: Yeah, let's do pivot over to the other side of the ball, and if you have questions about your business, there's no better people to get them answered by Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. Congruity is experiencing your business optimized. Matt is a fantastic guy in general and a uh, avid, avid supporter of Florida State football. And uh, if nothing else, you can have a 10-minute conversation, five minutes dedicated to your business, and five minutes dedicated to a pretty significant turnaround from a team that uh, has a... A whole lot of people uh, cheering for it and will be forever uh, remembered fondly as a team who, uh, who uh, you know, came back and was 5-6 and six and 6-6, six and six potentially after the weekend. So, Matt Lewis, congruityhr.com is the website. Um, Knowles at congruityhr.com is the email. And if you want to reach out as a uh, less formal introduction to Matt, as many of our listeners have, you can contact me directly, whether it be the NOLCAST email account or on Twitter, and uh, would love to put you in touch with Matt and his team.
1: 100%. All right, so let's talk Florida State's offense and Florida's defense. Florida's defense has not been very good this year. Uh, Well, okay, so interesting. Check this out. Florida's defense is 42nd in SP+. Florida State's is 44th. FSU's has made improvement. I think Florida's has kind of backslid a little bit, although they played fairly well against Missouri. I mean, they allowed 24 points in an overtime game. That's that's not that bad. Um, where, where does Florida play well? Where, where, where does Florida not play well? Uh, Florida has two defensive ends you guys need to know about. Zach Carter's very good. Um, Britton Cox is also very good. Those guys will be problems for FSU, in my opinion. Um, especially in the drop-back game. Darius Washington might be able to give it a go and play, which I think is remarkable. We will see how that uh, how that works out for FSU. I don't think anybody thinks he's 100%, obviously. Um, FSU this year, when they, they play really good defensive ends, has struggled quite a bit. The best game they had was likely against the like really good DNs was probably what, the Miami game, I would think?
0: Yeah, first one that comes to mind.
1: Yeah. These guys are better than what Miami has. Uh, where is Florida not as good? I don't think Florida is anything special at linebacker this year, to be honest. Uh, their defensive tackles have been inconsistent. We know we know Dexter's a really, really talented guy, and I don't love the matchup of Maurice Smith with him. You know, this is a, a unit to where if Florida comes out and plays hard, FSU could be in trouble. Up front, I mean, their a game is pretty good. For all this, st- all the crap we give Florida's defense, it's been the exact same level as FSU's defense over the course of the entire season. We don't know how well they're going to play, obviously. You know, so we'll we'll see how that works out. But like Florida's played, you know, a pretty tough schedule to date, and they haven't given up a, sh- a boatload of points in every game. Uh, where do they not do well? I think think this is fairly important, right? The one thing they'll do real well, Florida's not a good tackling team. Florida does not play the run all that well. Uh, Last week against Missouri, Missouri they they did play the run really well, but Missouri was doing a whole lot of shotgun running with a quarterback who was kind of hobbled, like not having him run, but Florida really disrespected that look, as you should, uh, and they did not really have to pay much attention to the QB run stuff from some of that gun run. Florida is 84th in rushing success rate allowed. Uh, they are 93rd in opportunity rate allowed. They are a little bit better in rushing explosiveness allowed, 42nd. So comparatively, uh, they do fairly well. Their pass defense this year is really strong. I don't know exactly how, but I think they've played some really good passing offenses and have largely come out fine. Like They, they, they played Alabama. Georgia's passing efficiency this year has been pretty much off off the charts, although you know, part of that, I think, is because teams have to play the run really hard against Georgia because they're almost always down. Um, But they are 27th in in passing success rate allowed, 17th in passing efficiency allowed. But they do allow the home run ball. So it's kind of the opposite of the run defense. The run defense allows you to stay ahead of the chains pretty consistently, and they don't tackle real well. Uh, Florida's pass defense, they do not allow a lot of completions but they will bust sometimes. I like this recipe for Florida State if FSU can block it up, right? That is the real question in my mind. Can you block Florida? I don't know. Um, you've had a real problem running the ball relative to expectation in the last couple of weeks, man. I don't I don't know if Smith's 100%. He's been not playing very well. Your guards are definitely banged up. We kind of know the recipe with this team. If the offensive line is not healthy, pick the opponent. If the offensive line is healthy, they're going to give you a pretty nice fighting effort. I think they're kind of in a middle ground here. So I really don't know what to do with this. Uh, I also don't know how hard Ford is going to play.
0: The unique recipe of this team, and uh, I have never – gambled on sports, but I will say that I placed a wager once or twice this year because I didn't feel like I was gambling as much as I was making a um, reasonably informed investment. And that investment has been tied to my perception of the health of the offensive line. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Do we have firm word as to Darius Washington? We we alluded to this earlier, but the rumblings immediately after that injury was something that was going to be potentially measured in months and like six months at a time, I think. Obviously, you've avoided some of the worst-case scenario with that, but still somebody that I'm not positive you'll have out there. Uh, like, like you said, at guard, it's been touch and go all year. Uh, I don't—I will tell you guys as listeners, I've been efforting to get a better feel for what's going on with Baby On Johnson. He was kind of a flu casualty a couple of weeks ago. Haven't seen a whole lot more of him. I i don't have great word on, on that. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one we'll to see. get a to get a feel for. So, if if you somehow get Baby on, I would feel a whole hell of a lot better than that. DLT again, touch and go all year. Not the same player as he was last year. Maybe that's a kid that has to try to play tackle for you this weekend. I, I really have deep concerns about the offensive line. This was always a matchup that we were concerned about, dating back to the uh, you know the win preview series. And uh, you're right. If the defensive line comes out. Is fully focused, motivated, and uh, wants to play ball, Florida State's going to have to win this game by, you know, again, a, a scoreline that we kind of jokingly call, you know, something out of the late 90s or something. You're going to have to try to win 24 to 21 or something like that. This this is going to be a game uh, that your offensive upside, you'll be able to know the second the starting lineup comes out as to what Florida State can ultimately do on that side of the ball.
1: 100%. Okay, so that probably sounded kind of negative and a little Debbie Downer on Thursday morning. I didn't really want to do that. I'm going to give you something positive here. Florida is also a man coverage team. They uh, they do not particularly like playing zone. They are not really really very good at zone. How about this? Past attempts per, against man coverage for Florida. 5.3 yards per attempt. Pretty damn good. Yards per attempt against zone for Florida's defense. 8.4. That's a really, really big split. You usually don't see three yards of attempt difference, but that is the case here. Florida, twentieth in yards per attempt allowed against man, ninety-first uh, in yards per attempt allowed against zone. Ingram. Any any team in their right mind really want to play play man coverage against Jordan Travis?
0: <laughs>
1: it is I would a say risky
0: no. proposition. Certainly, turning your back to that guy uh, can can be dangerous. He's one of the more explosive runners in college football and he's one of the few ways that this offense has surefire success is if you let that guy uh you know get five yards deep and on a play make somebody miss and then a lot of people are just going to be chasing after a jersey number uh, at that point in time
1: over under carries for jordan travis non-sack carries nine
0: It's about the number that I had in my head. I would, I will take the under ever so slightly. Uh, I would have seven or eight, but maybe this is a game where you just say, I think you, yeah,
1: let's, I think you go
0: see if the wheels fall off and um, you win this game. The year is a remarkable success. And, uh, and you, you know, you play this game obviously with, uh, with nothing else in mind and, it's not as though you've got to get this kid immediately ready to go play another game. So, yeah, you may be right in taking the over there,
1: and uh, we'll see. It's it's a hard one to pick, man. There's blowout potential, honestly, mm-hmm. if Florida quits. Now, I mean, that doesn't usually happen in a rivalry game, but they also have a new coach for one game.
0: Yeah, there is blowout potential, and if the offensive line is on the
1: both worst sides, case I guess possible,
0: Florida State could lose. You know, twenty-four to seven or something like that yeah. too. If if you've got three, uh, you know, three rotational pieces starting uh, at your offensive line, so if this is a this is a game that's hard to get a feel for certainly, as we've alluded to a couple times.
1: So, prediction time.
0: How about almost seventy people at seven o'clock in the morning on a non, there. you know, published or promoted. Uh, you know, live event. That is awesome. That is awesome. A reminder to hit the bell on our old YouTube page so that you can get notifications for random live podcasts that Bud and I might do, or any other time that we uh, either put out new product or do go live. Um, you know, the support that we've received over
1: on that has been remarkable,
0: but oh, last
1: thing before predictions, this is the worst punter you're going to play all year. Finally. Finally, FSU is playing a kid who is not a good punter. Yeah, um, does have good hang time. However, Florida's punt coverage—I, I, you know, I should not have disrespected Jeremy Crawshaw. He's not that bad. Like his hang time numbers are pretty good. His his accuracy numbers are pretty good. Florida don't, doesn't cover a punt worth of damn. So, this is sort of the you know irresistible force against the movable object because Florida State obviously is 102nd in punt return efficiency. Good god Um, florida's 90th in punting efficiency finally that is kind of nice to like not expect to be inside your 20 every single time uh that you get a defensive stop so that's that's pretty solid
0: imagine what that'll look like if we actually catch the punts just remarkable
1: i think you're onto something here buddy all right so let's do this uh quickly because i gotta go throw a roast on the grill I am going to. Who let off last time?
0: Well, no, not go. I think I right. I might have had you go first uh, last time. I'll go Florida State twenty seven. Florida twenty
1: one. Nice. Um, I'm going to bet a hunch here. And I look my season long power numbers say Florida. But Florida State's been playing much better of late. And you got to adjust to who's playing better right now. You can't totally ignore the the whole season because those numbers tend to matter. I'm going to go Florida State 23, Florida 20. Like, ugly, low-scoring game, both defensive lines playing pretty damn well, hard to move the ball, you know. FSU comes out on top.
0: Raucous atmosphere, I say, steeped in sarcasm. Uh, if you if you are in the area, and I doubt that you know something that some random podcaster tells you two days before the game, but this may be one of the few times where you get to see a uh, a game at UF be almost like a fifty fifty crowd or something like that. Yeah, it would be uh, it be a, a, somebody that's gone to that setting when it's not been and. Uh, felt like he would get thrown out of the game literally if you do anything other than stand up golf clap for florida state and sit down uh it might be an awful lot of fun to be down at gainesville this weekend and and see florida state take on a, a program that's kind of trying to find its footing right now so let's hope it happens and uh yes we will be here for an instant reaction podcast one way or another and uh hopefully it is one of the victorious kind the old whoa, what whoa, whoa winston reaction <laughs> as you uh, phrased it a couple weeks ago
1: All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. See you, buddy.